0: One of my favorite scriptures is if if we abide in Him and He in us. That's where most of the church hadn't got that part yet. The in us. He in us. He said only then will I make myself known to you. And manifest. So what we've seen a lot in the church is a lot of demonstration. And no manifestation. Because we never allowed Him to get in us. Amen. So this theme of this pastor's conference this year is about our personal altar. And the anointing of God. And the gift of God. The only way that you can receive God's supernatural power is we have to die to Satan. We have to die to the flesh. And we have to die to self. Those three things keep the supernatural power of God held back. The Lord revealed to me a revelation. He said, you know, you can sow to the flesh and reap decay, ruin, and destruction. But you can also sow directly into Satan and reap... What was it? Devouring. Devouring. The only way that you can sow into Satan is that you have to be in agreement with him. And... Giving an example of a husband and wife situation. The, the, the wife or the husband could be off in the flesh, and the husband is not, or the wife is not. But as soon as he comes into agreement with what he or she is doing, they just sowed into Satan. Same thing that happened in the garden. They sowed directly into the enemy. And the enemy came to devour. So let's spread these out because I want that awareness of grace. So we'll put this over here and, and um, push it back as far as you can. Angled, yeah. And another revelation the Lord gave me, and I mentioned it the other day, was He said Jesus ascended, but Christ never did. did not that kind of challenge your mind? Jesus ascended, but Christ never did. Because He's still waiting on a body to descend on. That's us. That's us. God constantly reminds me. Where's my instrumentals? God constantly reminds me that culture has to change. Every nation has a culture. And he told me that, where's my instrument? Uh, He told me that the kingdom will never fit into your culture. We try to force it in there. We try try to push it in there. But the kingdom was sent to change our culture. So that there's one culture left, and that is the kingdom of God in His body, where there's no color, there's no age. It's one body, and I'm so glad the Lord called me to a to a uh, 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 international ministry, as well as a non-denominational. Did I say that right? I was going to say non-demon ministry. (laughs) And a multicultural where there's no difference in color. That's why you see the power of God and the glory of God show up in this little building because of that right there. There's no division in the people. And we have to know that the kingdom is the answer to man's greatest need. And what is that? To, to have power over your circumstance. Circumstance controls the church. Sickness is a circumstance. Debt is a circumstance. Fear is a circumstance. All these things that are not the word, not the character of Jesus, uh, is controlling the church. Before you come into the kingdom, you have to die. Before we come into the, the... Now, let's put it this way. Before I come into the kingdom, I have to surrender. Before I come into the kingdom inheritance, I have to die to receive what's in His kingdom. When you get to that place, you'll never worry about your rent being paid. You'll never worry about your mortgage payment. You'll never worry about anything because it's a worry-free kingdom. How many of you believe that there's something in you that has not gotten out yet? Isn't that frustrating? You know it's in there, but it has not gotten out yet. God has to get you to hate B before He moves you to C. How many of you all been in that position? Where you just absolutely hate where you are. That ain't the devil doing that. That's God ready to move you. Where you just absolutely hate where you are. He puts you in a position like that so He can move you to the next position. And we have to understand... That pain, pain has to be our teacher, not a creator of bitterness. How easy it is for that seed to get in there when things aren't going and and, and offense shows up. I'm going to write these three things down. There's three things that will not happen on demand. Relationship, success, and the Word of God, and that's a culture shock to the millennial. Amen. We got a lot of millennials in our ministry, and I say millennials—they're the, they're the ones that are born from 1984. Carl just missed it. <laughs> in 1984 and up. And they're the, hardest, they're the hardest ones to try to bring into the kingdom because they want a microwave life. They're image-driven instead of knowledge-driven. They'd rather have a picture of Jesus standing up here than asking what he, His knowledge didn't t- teach me. Whereas old, old folks, you know, we want to share our knowledge but the millennials said, just give me a picture. They're image driven. We have a whole different culture that we're dealing with coming up. To maintain, God gave me this vision. And I'm still in all of these visions. The more I get into these visions, I say, where in the world did they come from? And how did they come? You know, you don't remember these things. And he, and he said, this is the most important one right here. Because if you don't get this one down, you'll never get through this process and to become one of the glorious sons of God. He said, this is not, this is a rotation of transformation. Not renewal. It's a rotation of Transformation. Renewal only comes in obedience after transformation is done. So he said, Gene, the calling here is not coming into the kingdom. The calling here is coming into me and I in you. We got Jesus all locked up in the spirit realm. When The Bible says he's the gardener. Remember, he rose from the grave and one of the women or one of the men thought he was a gardener. That was prophetic because he's the gardener of the soul. He wants to get in here and till things up. So we we come in to surrender here. It's so easy to say yes to God. But not knowing, we said yes to death of the flesh, of self. We just said yes to death. We said yes to everything I enjoy. We said yes to everything I own. I surrender for your knowledge, for your presence. So the grace that you receive at surrender, that grace carries you to death. Remember when people say, hey, you're, you're highly favored, but when, they, when you're in the trial, they don't say that. They say, what in the world did you do? But that's when you're highly favored is when all hell is breaking loose off of your life, not in your life. But it's breaking off of your life. So we surrender here. We pass through the trial. We come into a rest. And then we're settled into another dimension of glory. You cannot get there without transformation. But there's things you have to do to maintain these positions. Remember I talked about there's five minds of Christ. And there's five positions... Of Christ and these positions work together with the five mindsets of Christ so each time you pass through the rotation you're gaining a different mindset you're moving from a church mindset to a slave mindset to a kingdom mindset to a bridal mindset to a glory mindset. You'll never get there. I feel Jesus already. Till you go through the transformation of the mind. So to maintain the call, you had to completely surrender. There's things you have to do to maintain these positions. To maintain trial without bowing down to the enemy. We're talking about maintaining this new season I'm I'm in without aborting what God is trying to do. The trial you have to put on your lips, praise and thanksgiving. That's how you maintain the trial. That trial has to be maintained because something's getting burned out of us. And after you go through that trial, you enter into a rest. And this is these three positions here transitioning into a rest. Who remembers? How do you maintain your rest? Because temptation's going to be all around you. You maintain your rest on the, on, the, on the revelation that you received on your way to burial. Because God gave you something to take with you so that He could use it to resurrect you out of that death state. And that's the Rama Word of God. So, to enter into a rest, you cannot enter into a rest without revelation. How do I maintain my rest? How do I maintain my rest when the enemy comes with his temptation? I maintain my rest by meditation on the revelation that I kept with me as I passed through the trial. Jesus said, He who loves me will keep my word. How many times have we let go of that word in that trial? Just as soon as we took our eyes off of him and the word, the word departed. And we got our eyes on the circumstance. And we're stuck right there. So there's a time when he releases you out of your rest, but you got to be strengthened first. So that tells me to be strengthened here that means I must be pretty weak by this time. And Satan is attracted to your weakness. So this is where he comes before God releases you into authority. You came in with power but you're leaving with authority. There's a big difference. You we don't, we, we don't have power over our circumstances because power won't fix a circumstance. Authority gives you dominion over your circumstance. Whether it's family, whether it's marriage, whether, whatever your circumstance is, wherever the conflict is, is the call To dominion. Because there's no glory without conflict first. And it's always going to come through your family first. It's going to come through the people that you love. Because the enemy wants to get real close to you. And if he can get to your family, he can get to you. So the Lord gave me a prophecy at the end of the first of this year. He said, this year I am reconciling families. And I've seen it in this ministry. I don't know about your ministry, but I've seen it in this ministry. God is reconciling families. Because to the family is reconciled. There's no glory. We're in our own little glory realm. So when we settle into here, How do we maintain dominion? Die daily. It has to be a daily thing. So this year, God introduced this. He said, this is my church. You see how large this gift is? When God gives you a gift, it's fully matured. But the gift of himself is still a baby, which is the anointing within. Most of the church stays right here. Most of the leaders stay right here, demonstrating the gift. But there's no manifestation. There's only demonstration. Demonstration lasts as long as the service lasts. And that's as far as it goes. Manifestation lasts as long as you last. I want Jesus to manifest through the gift He gave me. And to do that, He has to be developed in you. And that's your altar time. Is this thing on? I don't see it. Is it on? You don't see it? You see the fire? Death, turn it on. Death the self starts right there. Death the self. Listen, I avoided this for a long time because I was operating in that. And why would I need this if this was performing for me? Signs, wonders, and miracles. We think that's God's approval. That is not God's approval. God's approval is when He's in it. So I learned that a long time ago. He said, When will you stop giving the people you? And that's when He thrust me into this personal altar. This is where I had to die daily. I had to die to giving up. Like some people turn on the news, some people read the newspaper. Some people just go on to work. These are the things that you've got to die to before your ministry will ever see the glory of God. He has to be developed in me so he can be manifested through me and my gift. And the same with natural gifts. We have natural gifts. God gives us gifts of singing. God gives us gifts of leadership. All these gifts. But Jesus is not in it. If He hasn't left the baby state to a mature state, stature in us, then we're just giving the people, me and you. And we call that entertainment, not ministry. So this is the flow of death to self. That's the... The rotation of transformation. The word, the root word for disciple is this. And this is, this is where I see our most problem in churches and in leadership. Listen, if the church is, uh, is like this, it tells you the leader's like that. The root word for disciple is discipline. And the millennials lack it. They lack it because everything comes so quick, but there's no staying power for it. Discipline, moving from being saved to transformed, to renewed to the glory. That's that's the progress of your business, that's your progress of your marriage, that hits everything about life. Saved, transformed, renewed glory. Moving from a vampire Christianity to a glorious worshiping bride. Moving to and through the five mindsets of Christ. And moving to and through the five positions of Christ. This is how you get divine dominion. And if you don't have dominion, somebody or someone has dominion over you. Aren't you tired of that? You see, the kingdom gives you your life back. That's what the kingdom does. It gives you your life back. And in the trial, a lot of us have an identity crisis because we found our identity in someone else. And the very identity that I've become in someone else, God just removed that person from my life and now I'm suicidal because I don't know who I am. Only to find Him in my trial so let's look at the word 1 corinthians 15:15 15, 15 message it says i need to emphasize friends that our natural earthly lives don't in themselves lead us by their very nature into the kingdom of god the very nature is to die so how could they naturally end up in the life of the kingdom We have a church today that has no kingdom life. They have church life. Aren't you all tired of church? Going on Sunday and getting pumped up for an hour or two and then leaving unchanged. There is a big difference between being in the kingdom and experiencing the life of the kingdom. There's a big difference. The present body today is not able to inherit the kingdom for lack of transformation. The Bible says flesh and blood cannot enter the kingdom of God. No, it actually says the flesh and blood cannot inherit. That's the key word. The kingdom. So the flesh and blood of the old man cannot inherit the kingdom benefits. Let's look at this scripture, John six fifty three, And Jesus said to them, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, you cannot have any life in you unless you eat the flesh of the Son of man and drink his blood, unless you appropriate his life by saving merit of his blood. You see, the power has to be appropriated. How do you appropriate the power? You take it. You take it. You snatch it. When you feel the power, you snatch it. You take it. You take ownership of it. So he's saying, By let's go to the next verse, John 6.56. But Jesus didn't give an inch. Only insofar as you eat and drink flesh and blood, the flesh and blood of the Son of Man do you have life within you. The one who brings a hearty appetite to this eating and drinking has eternal life and will be fit and ready for the final day. So what he's saying is by eating his flesh and drinking my blood, I enter into you and you enter into me. So in other words, there's a divine intercourse. I call that divine intercourse when what's in my spirit intercourses with my soul, my mind. I call that divine communion. I call it a connection of thoughts and feelings. Question is, how do you know that you are eating His flesh? We had communion as an outward symbol of partaking of His flesh and blood. But how do you know that you are eating His flesh? That the flesh has become the Word. How do you know? Who can answer? Meditation. As you meditate on that Word, you are eating the flesh of Jesus. And as you meditate on that Word and worship Him, you are drinking of His blood. Turn that up just a little. As you meditate on His flesh, you are eating His flesh. If you meditate on that revelation, you meditate on that rhema, you are eating His flesh. And don't ever meditate unless you incorporate worship with it. That's drinking the blood. Is when you get the Spirit going. You see, meditation removes what's in the way of the glory. It, it removes what's in the way. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 3.18. And anytime y'all want these notes, these notes come out of worship. They don't come out of somebody else's sermon. They come out of the Sermon of Heaven. And you can run copies of these, take them home and just meditate on them. Alright, 2 Corinthians 3.18, the Message Bible. I'm going to read it from mine because that doesn't look like... Can you just give me 3.18? Yes, all of us. Second line, Okay. All of us, nothing between us and God. Our faces are shining with the brightness of His face. And so we are transfigured, much like the Messiah. Our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives, and we become like Him. This is relationship. Prayer is not relationship with God. I'm going to say that again. Prayer is not relationship with God. Worship is not relationship with God. Giving is not relation. Loving is not relationship with God. I in Him and He in me is relationship. And that can only come one way. Death, burial, and resurrection. So when you come into the beckoning of fellowship, this calling is a beckoning of fellowship. You're coming into death. And when you're in the rest, you're buried. That thing is out of sight. That's why you're at rest. It's amazing when you go to a funeral home for the viewing, right? You see that last dead body. That's what you need to picture when you're in that trial. Another layer of the old man is in view. And it's amazing how we look like Him. But if you kept your eyes on Jesus and don't look at the frowny face or the fearful face or the angered face or the rejected face or the shameful face or the unforgiveness face but you look to Him And behold him as in a mirror. Then that layer comes off. But it's amazing how we can, we can have an affair with the old man in the trial and take him into a counterfeit rest and think everything's okay. And three months later, I'm going through the same trial. Because God will never give you more than what you can handle. So he said, I'm going to wait three months on this one. <laughs> Some of me waits a year. It's coming right back around. <laughs> so we entered his life at regeneration. He enters my life at transformation. We enter his life at regeneration. He enters my life at transformation of the soul. So without revelation, there is no transformation. And there's no transformation until you die. Now God is calling today. He said, I'm not calling flesh to die today. He said, I'm calling self to die. Without transformation, there is no renewal. That means you'll never see the new thing that Jesus said you're coming into. And without renewal, there's no glory. Remember these three things. It's very important to know where you are. And everybody should have a copy of this vision right here. You should know exactly where you are. If you're in suffering today, you know where you are. But this gives you a beautiful outlay of a romantic symphony with God. You can look at a thing that says perfect, establish, strengthen. That's my rest. I'm going through hell right now. But I can look at that chart and know that man, I'm coming through it. The only way you can enter His rest is if you come through the trial with His flesh. So that's in exchange for yours. So we end up with a vampire Christianity. We want the blood, but not the transformation. <laughs> it's so real. And the Lord revealed that to me, "Oh so I've got to deal with some vampires now.") <laughs> I said, I'm on board. Just tell me what to do. They just want to get to heaven, but leave me as I am. Isn't that true? God never called us to be comfortable. In fact, if you're comfortable, you you got to be miserable. Right. He called us to change, and comfortable people don't like change, especially my pearls. Those pearls don't like change. (laughs) So we have a vampire Christianity wanting the blood with no transformation. We call that a justified spirit with a Gentile mind. The greatest enemy of Christians is not Satan. That enemy was defeated. The greatest enemy for a Christian is your flesh. (laughs) We blame everything on Satan, but sometimes God has to invite Satan in to speed up this process because it's written in the book that you're supposed to move from B to C and you haven't obeyed up to B so he's made you miserable in B so he called Satan in to make it even more miserable so you can move on to C. (laughs) Most of the ones that come in here are in that B position. I said, Lord, don't deliver Satan right now. Let me have him. Let me love on him. A little while. <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. Dying to self releases greater levels of the supernatural. I didn't say dying to the flesh. Dying to self releases greater levels of the supernatural. Because self keeps God from entering in your life. He's in your spirit. But this is your life. This is your life. It keeps God from in your church, your family, your marriage. You see, self is the seed of Satan. That's what we don't realize. We are carrying his seed self is the seed of Satan so what is self? the old man the carnal man the lust of the flesh the sinful nature the body of sin rebellion this is all the seed of Satan being watered by these activities so sin's nature can be summarized up in this one word rebellion rebellion we have we have a a vampire church with a witchcraft personality. Zenny was having lunch with Littlebrook yesterday, and they were eating at a restaurant, and a priest in a local church that she knows was eating with them. And um, uh, the priest introduced one of his laymen, I guess, and his wife, which was a man, The priest introduced him. He married him. Right here in Savannah. This ministry, if I live long enough, is going to change all that in Savannah. It's going to change it. And if I don't live long enough, you better be changing it. Because I'm going to be looking down from heaven. I'll be checking you out. <laughs> I'll be throwing those darts from heaven. All right, so rebellion is nothing nothing more than a mind full of strongholds. That's all it is—a gentle mind, gentle mindset. So the soul must be submitted to a process of change and transformation through many deaths. But see, the deaths deaths get easier. In fact you won't even know at some point that you've gone through a death. You just look back and see the change. That's God's desire for you. Because only, only, only His rhema word has His presence on it. So if we, if we meditated on that word and declared and decreed that word, Actually, we declare and decree the Word in the trial with praise and thanksgiving. If we did that, we would not experience pain. It's only when we let go of the Word. Because the Word is supposed to cover pain. How many of you want to see your kids in pain? None of us want to see our kids in pain. We will never be more in charge of ourselves until we completely belong to God. This is the sacrifice of dying daily. God has to be first before you get out of that bed. Before you get out of that bed, you say, this is the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice And be glad in it. And I get out the bed. And I walk to the coffee maker. I love you Father. I love you Jesus. I love you Holy Spirit. Then I get my coffee. Then I go to my war room. And I'm there for hours. Wish I could stay all day. But I wouldn't be any good to Him if I just stayed in His presence all day. I get to go out and enforce the victory of Jesus Christ. At altar time, self-denial is a sign of, of fellowship with His suffering. See, you can deny self and not be in any pain. But when you deny self, You are actually fellowshipping with His suffering. Philippians 3.10 I gave all that inferior stuff so that I could know Christ personally, experience His resurrection power, be a partner in His suffering, and go all the way with Him to death itself. If there's any way to get in on the resurrection for the dead, I wanted to do it. How many of y'all been through death itself but had to go through hell to get there? Fighting and kicking all the way. (laughs) Screaming. You don't have to go that way. In fact, you couldn't even die if it wasn't for grace. It took favor for us to die. So how many of us or avoiding suffering. Whether it's physical, mental, or emotional, it takes grace to die. That is the first step of fellowship. Most people, when they come in here, they finally enter into their first major trial. And that's God saying, I'm calling you into relationship. Die with me so that you can resurrect with me. 1 Corinthians 1, nine. Count on this. God is faithful and in His faithfulness called you out. Is that the message or spirit? Okay, mine says, God is faithful and His faithfulness called you out into intimate relationship with His Son. That's the calling. Your calling is not preaching. Everybody says, I I answered the call. (laughs) Which call? Well, the Lord called me to preach. No, the Lord didn't call you to preach. He called you into fellowship with His Son. Preaching is a gift. It's not a calling. Do you have an intimate relationship with Him? Ask yourself, do I have an intimate relationship with Him? Do I know Him? Because this is how you know. Relationship releases the supernatural. So if you're not living the supernatural life, then you have not entered into relationship with Him. You're still doing communion. Jesus said unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood you have no part with me. Part means partner. As Unless I'm meditating on his word and worshiping him he's not my partner. That's what he's saying. I need him as a partner in my, my, my marriage, in my business, in my ministry. We have a church that loves God but doesn't fear Him. The flesh became Word. When we eat the Word and keep it, the manifestation of His person comes out of us. The revealed Word causes the flesh to suffer. When the Word is revealed to you, whether it's in your private med- reading of the Word or meditation, whether it's in the preaching, where if you wrote something down, if you heard it twice, that is the revealed Word of God. And you can guarantee this one thing, that conflict, comes before the glory. That's a signpost that I'm on my way to glory. So the person who has the command and keeps it doesn't throw it away in the trial but declares and confesses it because we tend to throw things away when we're in that trial. So revelation brings death to self. How many times do we get all happy when we get a prophecy? I get an awesome prophecy from Dr. Lee's church the other day. But on the way home, I said, oh my God. What's, what's going to happen now? So I asked him to bring the CD so I could meditate on that prophecy. Because <laughs> if I'm not meditating on it. So, We get all happy about a revelation not knowing it's the death ticket to self. Suffering will always be the connection between receiving the supernatural power of God and dying. Thank God that we we only have to fellowship with His suffering. That we don't have to take it on. And every time we die, God gives something back. It's called the law of exchange. I must decrease that he might increase. He said death to self is not an option, but an inescapable condition to remain in him and he in us it's an It's going to come right back around. Thank God we have a ministry that God has given us revelation and visual visions that we can pass through these trials and not dance with the devil anymore. So Jesus had to die to the fact that He was God Almighty. Let's look at how Jesus died. Matthew 4.3 spirit now when the tempter came to him he said if you are the son of god command these stones to be bread so satan came to him to offer food so jesus denied self here he denied a physical need now watch his model matthew 4 6 let's see what else he did and he said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, you sh- He shall give angels charge over you, and their hands shall bear you up, lest you- your foot be dashed against a stone. So he was tempting him to use his power before his time. How many times do people say, uh, If you can do a miracle, show me. I've had that all the time. I get that all the time. And I tell him. I can't do a Well, you say you do, but I can't do one for you because that's a temptation. Matthew 4, 8 and 9. Let's look at that real quick. Again, the devil took him up on an exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to them, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Somehow, worship is connected to dominion. Satan was saying, if you worship me, I'll give you all this. That's dominion. So you got to know that your worship is connected to dominion. When you come into worship in an assembly like this, dominion is being projected off of you into every area of your life. Satan knows that worship is tied to dominion. Is Satan stealing your worship? Is Satan stealing this altar time? I'm not talking about coming in here and worship. I'm talking about every day, every morning. I'm proud of the boys back there. They finally, uh, I got them up at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock. And now they're getting some enormous time in with God. If I don't push them, somebody else is going to push them. Us leaders can't get lazy with our people. You've got to push them till you make them mad. I love that. That's the only time I knew I've done something, if I made you mad at me, because I hit something. I hit that flesh. A true apostle is going to make you mad. Isn't that right, Dr. Lee? <laughs> Dr. Lee knows. What is taking place of your worship? We have to free we have to refuse to negotiate any of our needs with Satan. As Jesus did. He was not going to negotiate with the enemy. But the most important thing here is after Jesus came through these temptations is that God, the Father, sent angels to Him to minister to Him. So when you come through your trials and you enter into that rest, angels are ministering to you. Don't think the rest is not doing something. It's like a five star hotel. You're being taken care of in that rest. The exchange of our, our death for the life of Christ is released through the resurrection. And we begin to walk into the supernatural. Now, there's three stages of denial denial, there's three stages denial, transformation, and death. Let's look at Luke. Let's see how Jesus did it in Luke 3, 21 and 22. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized, and He prayed, and the heaven was open. Now this was at Jordan. This was the first stage of Christ's self-denial. was at Jordan. The word Jordan means descend. It represents death to self. Not the flesh. Death to self. Jordan is where Jesus died to self. After he passed through Jericho, which was a season. Jericho is a place of warfare. So if you're in warfare, you're in Jericho. If you're in Jordan, you pass through Jericho, then you're in a place of dying to self right now. That's the first stage. So let's look at... I don't know where you got this on the screen or not. Jordan prophetically represents these things. Number one, a portal to heaven. A portal to heaven. Number two, a place of miracles. And we've got a teaching on... And, but God has given me more revelation on this. How how these four functions of the soul, your intellect is your Gilgal season, your will is your Bethel season. Your emotions is your Jericho season. And then the last one affection, love is your Jordan. And in that Jordan, it's a portal to heaven, a place of miracles where A place where the next generation begins. A place of transition. It's a place of new beginnings. So so as I'm saying this, you can probably judge yourself, hey, that's where I'm at right now. A place of identity as a son is being revealed. A place of transformation. And lastly, a place of maturity. It's the threshold of transformation. What motivated Jesus to die to self at Jordan? Three things. Number one, he was motivated by the frustration with the religious system. Every every change begins with frustration. Where is what's his name? Dante, oh he's out of time, I needed him here today, every change begins with frustration over a present situation, you need to know that, every change begins with frustration over a present situation, so frustration is a sign that you have entered into Jordan, that you have entered the first stage of denying self. Number two. The second thing that motivated Jesus was the transformation. Let's look at Matthew 17. 1 and 2 and 5. Matthew 17. 1, 2 and 5. Stay up with me, fellows, so we can get finished. Now after six days, Jesus took Peter and James and his brother and led them on high On a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. And his clothes became white as light. While he was still speaking. Behold a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud. Saying this is my beloved son. In whom I am well pleased. The transformation of Christ implied what part of him died so he could go from operating in the anointing to operating in the glory. This is what self-denial does. When we operate in the anointing too long, we begin to prostitute it because of lack of self-denial. We need to go from anointing to glory dimension. So transformation is for us the only legal way to a supernatural life. Transformation is the only legal way to a supernatural life. Sometimes we reach a moment in our lives that we cannot pass. How many of you are there right now? You feel stuck. You just can't get past this thing right now. God's going to remove that today. But there's something you have to do. You feel frustrated. You feel impatient. You just feel stuck. Isn't that a yucky place to be? When you find yourself in need of deciding whether to stay put or to seek a greater level of power and glory, what will you decide? When you find yourself in need of either staying put or seeking a greater level of glory. What would you decide? You have to decide to die today. To self. Not flesh. Something. Dying self is denying. What I want. Will you remain. Or are you willing to experience the death. This stage requires. Number three. Here's Jesus again. Luke 22, 42. This stage of death requires total surrender to the father's will. Father, if it is your will, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Those are the three things that motivated Jesus to die to self. Death took place in the Garden of Gethsemane. It was the oil press. How many of y'all today are just pressed on every side? Feel like you're pressed on every side. That, that oppression is just uh, uh, around you and feel like it's closing in on you. This is a sign that death to self has to take place today. Could God be demanding a new death from you? What do you like to do What do you have pleasure in? Fellowship with God is a sacrifice. Sacrifice does not feel good. Today is the day for will to die. Will to die has to die today. So the purpose of the kingdom that's in you can see the light. So what... Death is God requiring from you. Where are you frustrated? That's the sign right there. That's the death. You're trying to make that thing right. You're trying to make it right. And God keeps frustrating you because you don't have the power to make it right. Death to self is an exchange for the supernatural power of God. Because he's still got to work through you. Is it family? Is it work? Is it finances? Is it business? Is, Is what is it? Is it ministry? Think about what's frustrating you right now today. It's the first stage of self denial. God's opening up his altar today, he said, to die to self. And we surrender our will for his. And that becomes a lifestyle. This is how the kingdom gets advanced. So let's put those, this uh, playlist about three songs. I want you to come up. Can we push these things out of the way, guys? Out of the way. Just push them back in there. So we need to die today. If you came in this place today, God is saying, I need something from you so that I can give you something from me. And it's His power. His presence. Enter the transformation today. Maybe you have to die from Facebook. Now I'm not talking about if Facebook is part of your business. I'm talking about looking into other people's stuff. Amen. Amen. And then calling so and so, you know what so and so is doing? What they put on the Facebook? (laughs) You gotta die to that today. Turn it up.